Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to the weekend must watch on Intercut, where we wade our way through the week in theaters, streaming, and on demand. I'm still your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and still searching for his call name. It is the now audible Arturo Zarita. Testing, testing. I won't say the Scientology <laughs> joke this time around, because I think that's what may have cut it, but uh, we're excited yeah. to talk about Top Gun. We're going to have a full one there, but we got someone who came all the way from France. They had this man flying the colors over there, French not realizing that it's the American colors. Amanda, what was it like being in the presence of Mr. Cruz himself? Really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I didn't see a screen that he was at, but um, I was walking out of something as he was like arriving for his like, there was like a whole conference with Tom Cruise. And just mm-hmm. the way people were falling over themselves to try to get into an area where they could actually see him. And I was like, you guys know what he does in his free time, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> nobody clear the area. But, uh, yeah, you just feel uh, aura. It's a dark aura. It's the, yeah, the Xeno points that he has or whatever that you, you add up when you do the procedure. It's just too much for me. I can't handle it. Okay. Yeah, there is just something special about Tom Cruise on the, uh, what, what do they call the uh, area where all the red people carpet? walk the red carpet, the, the plus something? Oh, the I don't know. Yes, yeah, seeing him there that can only be uh, speak to the power of movies, right? Like yeah. you don't you don't really watch Top Gun Maverick unless you watch it with French subtitles on a weird screen floating somewhere in the theater. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. <laughs> All right, so I think we're all set here. We're we're back to uh, working. Oh, unless mine audio suddenly dropped out. I think we're all set. I think we're back to working audio. <laughs> we're uh, just gonna take turns. It was me first. And yeah. Now it's Zach. It's just gonna go like that. Jeez. Just one by one, our audio is not gonna work. But uh, we are going to be restricted to the corner of the screen uh, mm-hmm. while we talk about this weekend's must watch and get into some of the things we're watching. But most notably, like forget what I've been watching, forget what Arturo's been watching. We brought on Amanda the Jedi to talk about the Khan Film Festival, the biggest event in the in, in many people's cinematic calendar, uh, the festival that debuted so many great movies, so many films that we've come to love from Parasite to more recently Drive My Car and dating back many, many years. Amanda, it's your first trip ever to Ooh. the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. Neither of us have gone, Out so please there. tell us. Tell us, what was it like? What was the experience? How are the French? They smoke a lot. Like, it's, it's a stereotype, but they really do. They smoke <laughs> Stereotypes a lot. Stereotypes? <laughs> She's yeah. got a whole new perspective for Emily in Paris 3 now. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, really, it's going to, I am, it's going to paint everything. Uh, I kind of understand her, like, because it is a beautiful place. Um, I speak French, but I speak Canadian French, not even Quebec French. So there's, mm-hmm. like, certain words that they enunciate more. So I'd say something, and they'd look at me, and I'd really have to stop and, like, slow down, which is usually the opposite way around. Usually, if you're somewhere else, they have to slow down for you. But, Interesting. Uh, no, it was, uh, it was good. Like, the con is just a beautiful, beautiful location. Uh, it's probably the, like, the prettiest place I've ever seen in my entire life, from, like, just the architecture to the water to the... Like, they have palm trees, like, just gorgeous weather, like, the entire time. Uh, lots nice. of just little <laughs> fun little alleyways with restaurants and stuff. And then, obviously, you're watching, like, a bunch of great movies and sometimes some not-so-great movies. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like... It seems th- almost... It seems almost hard to put yourself in a theater for two hours when the weather seems that beautiful. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) it. It's one of those things where you'd almost be checking reviews on something that you had a ticket for, and you'd be like, oh, no, it got bad reviews. I'm going to go to the beach. That's why they walk out. All my plans. They're trying (laughs) to just go out to the nice weather, yeah. Yeah, that's why I saw, like, normally when we go to film festivals, like, you guys know we're hitting, like, at least 40 you know, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. like 35 if we're kind of struggling. And then when we do these like blended ones, we get through like 376 plus, yeah, movies like plus minimum. 50 a yeah. lot of the times we get through pretty much like the entire festivals. But like for this, like I saw, I think about 25, which is a lot of movies, uh, even for That's like good. other reviewers, because just the way that I do things, I don't have to constantly be working mm-hmm. in between. 
which is nice. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I saw less movies than usual, but I still think I saw pretty much most of what I, I wanted to catch. And um, yeah, it was like really, really incredible. It's just really interesting to see how different festivals pan out to other ones. This one's definitely like yeah. the fanciest of all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You can't buy tickets to con, so there's no way to like just pay for public screenings instead of the press ones. Sometimes you get access to some of the premiere ones, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, the evening premiere ones are black tie events, uh, meaning that they can turn you away based on what you're wearing. I think guys have it a little bit worse. They literally have to have like the three-piece suits of some kind, and they can be a little bit pickier with colors, whereas yeah. like, women can get away with like blazers and, and like cocktail dresses. Although, until not so long ago, women were restricted to having to wear heels and yep. stuff like that. So yep. At least, I guess, they've eased up on some of those things. They but you have. didn't run into really any dress code <laughs> issues during your time? No, not at all. I didn't get into any of like this. It's really weird. All of my tickets said that there was some kind of like dress code consideration, but I didn't run into any issues. And like none of them were the black tie ones. I only saw like one thing that kind of like would have pushed the limit. So I like... Kind of like uh, Andrew Garfield and Social Network. I wasn't sure if I should dress for the party or the meeting, so I did a little bit of both. So, you know, <laughs> nice. I, had, I had one of those for the Kelly Reichard movie, um, which had the actual most walkouts of Khan. I don't care what, did you shut the <laughs> fuck up, Cronenberg. No one walked out of your movie. It was all for showing up uh, because people were bored. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the uh, Reichard slander right off the bat. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh. I respect her as a director, but holy fuck, she's not for everyone, and I got to see it in full force. I'm sorry, if they didn't walk out, they were falling asleep. Either side of me, both people fucking passed out, people in front of me snoring, just mass walkouts everywhere. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> Oh, all right. That's nice. Yeah, that's a little rough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Kelly, yeah, Kelly Reichert movies is the pacing of it is a, maybe a tough ask on like what day nine, day ten last of day. a film festival. The literal last yeah. day. We're yeah, I, I don't know how much of that is necessarily her fault or, or maybe the scheduler's <laughs> fault, but uh, you're the only one who's seen the movie, so I, I guess I shouldn't say too much there. I don't um, think it's a bad movie. I just saw reviews that are basically like, nothing happens and you either like that or you don't. So it's one mm-hmm. of those. Um, she's not for that. me personally. Um, I would say First Cow is like my favorite of her that I've seen, and I wasn't huge on it either. Uh, I think I probably would have liked it more if I had seen it in a theater. I had to watch that at home and like my attention level was just not okay for that (laughs) the box level there i just want to say that like and then even for cronenberg a lot of the walkouts weren't because things were getting too intense it was when people were talking and they were getting bored so i'm just putting (laughs) putting that out there too overall with uh especially when you compare it to like say sundance and the screenings there and the way that you have to you know transport through stuff tiff Mm -hmm. and the way that you got to get to things how do you think cons is built like not just in terms of the theaters and like quality of the theaters but like being able to get around um, it's really weird. Everything is either in that one, like the Palais area, every, the, like most of the auditoriums are all in that one big thing. So there's like, uh, Sade de Bussy, which is where most of the press screenings are. And then there's the, the one that they just call like the Palais, which is like the Grand Théâtre where most of all of the premieres are mm. happening. Um, okay. and then there's like smaller ones in there, like, uh, the Bunel and the Agnes Varda. There's like a few different ones in there. And then there's like a couple like down the beach, still within walking distance of there. Uh, and then you have like some of the smaller ones playing at like an actual theater that they've just kind of taken over, similar to like Sundance. Gotcha. It's just like five minutes across the street. Uh, and then you have some that are playing at like the Cineum that is like a 10 minute drive. So you wouldn't be able to walk to it. You'd have to like okay. take an Uber or like a bus or something to get to it. And then there's another one that's like way out the other way. But like most of it's like really close together and it's super easy to get to except they're so bad at fucking giving you instructions sometimes and you can be in the exact area you need to be but not one person can tell you how to get to the theater you're trying to get into (laughs) because it's like they have outdoor lines no one's really paying attention to them like sundance you got people everywhere as being like here 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 telling you yeah no one's fucking telling you shit at con for the most part until you get right up (laughs) to them at a gate and then they could be like oh you're at the wrong gate you need that one so then you're in another line. But, you were uh, also talking about the uh, the screenings themselves. Mm. You said that every single showing, for the most part, has French subtitles. Yeah. But then you said that they got two subtitles on screen. 
They do. <laughs> so it's like the French ones are hard-coded on the movies. And if the movie's French, most of the time there wouldn't be any subtitles on the screen because they just assume that if you're there, you can understand it. But then there's like mm-hmm. a second screen underneath it that's like disconnected um, that's playing English subtitles for every movie. That's, so I, I like that. That's pretty cool. Always, yeah, there's always English and there's accessibility. English and French. Yeah, no, it, it's good. That's dope. I, I mean, barely this year is when Sundance started uh, doing the open captioning and allowing that for the online screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to see more festivals get on that. So that's pretty that's pretty yeah. cool to hear. You will notice, though, that a lot of the I only notice it. So I'm assuming it's happening in all of the translations. But like if I'm watching a movie in English and the translation's still playing, the subtitles are playing, they'll be missing words or there's something not mm. caught correctly. Because we notice that in a lot of the Sundance movies that some of the Sundance subtitles ones, yeah. are wrong. Or there's just like, it's almost like shorthand subtitling that they're not actually Because they're rushing to get them out, yeah. Yeah, but. exactly. So I know that must have been happening for some of the foreign language films too, but it's like not enough to change the meaning of what you're going through. But uh, I speak French, so sometimes I'll literally catch that they're translating you can things note in a different way. And it doesn't even seem like it's for like context or location context. It's just like mm-hmm. somebody decided to translate something different, which is really always quick. interesting. But it is a good setup. Just, I would like to see that going forward at other film festivals where everything at least has like the English subtitling. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Either yeah, the money absolutely. goes to Tom Cruise or it goes to the captioning. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Go one, to one or the other. Yeah. I want to yeah. know if the fighter jets came out of his own pocket. They did two rounds. <laughs> no, they came out of his I garage. Mean, <laughs> it, it's all the all the demands he's making of the studios now that they know that he's like one of the few movie stars we have left. They just got to keep him happy no matter what. Give give him an honorary palm d'or. Make it happen. You know, just yeah, make crazy, sure yeah. Tom Cruise keeps honorary. making yeah. movies for us. Yeah, uh, he wasn't the only one that got the honorary palm d'or. Forrest Whitaker got one too, which is kind of cool. Like, I don't know. Really? If you, hey, you, what was that? What was that like? Oh, I didn't see him. I saw that he got it. Oh, okay, but, okay. Yeah, sorry. No, I yeah. The only press conference thing cool. I went to was the Crimes of the Future one. Both because of the <laughs> Which lore. Which was its own interesting experience, I'm yes, sure. Yes, both because of the lore and because I wanted to see Kristen Stewart in the flesh. <laughs> how was she? Was that the first time you've uh, seen, you've been graced with her presence? Yes. Yes. How was it? It was amazing. What was it? like the, the <laughs> distance estimate? Was it like 50 feet, 20 feet? No, like me to my window. Like me to the heart window. It's like, uh, like two meters away, maybe, if even. Like two meters away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you get to no, ask anything? Um, it's, no, I didn't really want to because I oh. hate being that person. It sucked, though. She would have almost, this is going to be the creepiest thing I ever say, she would have almost made <laughs> too much direct line of sight eye contact with me. Eye contact? Dude, I was standing up to get better notes. Um, and like some, there was like a guy who had a huge computer set up around him. So I was just kind of like I had to uh-huh. lay on my chair while I was standing. And I was at the very back. Um, but it's like a small room. So I like moved ahead a little bit. And then the guy in front of me was asking a question. He had the microphone in his hand, but then somebody else went too long with their question. They had one of those, like, I'm going to ask a question, but it's going to be like fucking 10 questions in one. So then the person from the front was just kind of like, no, we don't have enough time. So he had asked his question. She would have had no choice but to look (laughs) in my direction. I see what you mean. And that would have been it, bro. That would have been it right there. We would have been friends. That's it. (laughs) It's sad. (laughs) It's the start of your story. No, it probably would have been more like, she's supposed to be on a fucking list. She likes Twilight. What the fuck is she here? Oh, man. Well, uh, there is another movie that I know you were able to catch at Con that I was extremely excited to hear your reaction to, uh, and that is the latest from George Miller, mm. the madman behind Mad Max, specifically Mad Max Fury Road, although all of them, as well. Uh, it's his Thanks. first film since Fury Road. A few years in the making uh, with Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. It looks crazy from some of the initial teasers and trailers that we've seen. Uh, it's only played so far at Con. So, Amanda, what was your response to the new George Miller movie? Um, it's a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a whole lot. Um, Dope poster. It- as to be expected. It, like, it just hits a point where it just goes too far. It's kind of like, it's like LSD Aladdin, like you're kind of okay. You're like, okay, I can, I'm following this, some good ideas here. You know, Miller putting in the work. And then just like it hits a point where you're like, you've now lost me. You've just lost an entire star rating. We're, we're just <laughs> moving down. Um, 
I almost feel like it just needed a little bit more like somebody going over the script and being like, let's maybe rein this in a little bit in areas and like <laughs> tame it. some of this up and, and tame it. But I understand at the same time why the studio's like, he made Mad Max Fury Road. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants. You know, he's making right. this a sequel right now. Let him do whatever he wants. Make um, him, keep I him happy. hate it, but some people did. I spoke to a woman in line for another movie the next day and she just went on and on and on about how much she <laughs> fucking hated this movie and how weird it was and how bad it was and I was like I wouldn't go that far um, the performances like were really good obviously Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton are both like incredibly talented so mm-hmm. it was like a really big highlight there but uh, it's definitely worth the watch because it, it, it is interesting but it's just kind of like when you think it's hitting a point where they're going to start bringing it together well it just goes in a direction. You're like, what, what, why? Why? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's one of those. It, it is interesting though. So. Yeah. Are there any date? movies? Oh, isn't it August? No. Ju- oh, yeah, August all right. So July, it's July, the summer already. Okay. Yeah. Pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, is there any movie that you would compare it to? Like is, is Fury Road a comparison or is it a, that a different kind of beast? I would say it's a different beast almost entirely. Like honestly, it just feels like sexy, not even sexy, but just like, yeah, I guess sexy Aladdin on LSD. Just like if, if Aladdin what's this premise, like a, bro? What what is the premise? It's like she calls a jinn to like you know like it's like a mad like Idris Elba is like a jinn magic creature and like a genie it's almost. Like, and she's like this lonely and she finds an ancient bottle. So it's basically like the genie in a bottle or like the lamp, uh, and she gets offered three wishes. Um, so it, it just kind of like one of these things where she can't even think about what she would want until it kind of starts sparking into like more of like a romantic area of like what her desires would be to build out of this like apathetic life she's been Interesting. living. Um, but then, okay. it, yeah, it, so it, it's just, it's one of those. So that's why it's kind of, it's got that, it's like sexy Aladdin, but like on LSD. Cause like, it just goes in a lot of like visually like interesting weird ways um so far everybody i know who's seen it has given it like the same rating from what, what i'm looking at on on letterbox just a two and a half uh-huh. so mm. and and usually when you walk out you're just like what the fuck uh and then it can kind of get like a little bit messy with um like it'll do like flashbacks and stuff that i find start getting a little bit messy with it so it almost like it kind of loses uh, a little bit of focus on the narrative that it's telling as it's trying to like go back and piece together parts mm. of it. So like a lot of interesting ideas and like I think a lot of people are really going to like it. Um, I, I know early on I was seeing like a lot of really high reviews and then a lot of like fucking zero reviews and now it's kind of like metered mm. out more to the middle. So. Yeah. But probably mm. not the kind of like crossover type of hit that also ends up with eight Oscar nominations or whatever it was so. that Fury Road got. Yeah, yeah, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if, if, uh, if we saw that. But Yeah. Another film that played at Cannes that I know you were interested in was War Pony. Can you tell me a little bit about this one, which was co-directed by Riley Keough? Yeah, so what? this one was an interesting one, and it, you can make the argument that maybe like Riley and Gina Gamel were not the people who should be telling this story but I guess at some point if you have the ability to tell stories from right. marginalized communities like you can show spotlight so it's essentially just kind of like the story of two different people uh, living um, on a reservation and it's really just kind of like a slice of life like what they're going through how like the world has kind of left them behind how people take advantage of like the situations they're in um, how they can still do things that aren't necessarily great, but then the things that people do in these communities uh, to survive. And it really does feel like um, there's so much love in it at the same time. Um, It's one of those ones that like I really enjoyed, but I'm also waiting to see what like other people are saying. I'd be really interested to know what people like from these communities Mm. are, but like they did go to this actual reservation. They hired, not hired, but they cast a bunch of people from these, like from the actual communities um to to like play these roles and it seemed like they put a lot of care into like taking time to like visit the locations visit the people kind of learn what what different struggles are and uh rather than it being some kind of like you know historical story or trying to tell one specific thing it really is just kind of like this is like a slice of life reality that uh that a lot of people go through and uh just kind of how like the empathy for those characters kind of like breathes out from it 
So uh, yeah, I really liked it. So it really focuses on kind of like uh, one kid. I think he's like ten. So it's like following this like ten-year-old kid, and then I would say somebody who's probably in his like early to mid twenties, um, and how they kind of like are operating uh, in this community until they kind of come together. So it was it was interesting to hmm. to, to see it, and like so far people are actually really enjoying it for the most part, from what I can tell. Um, but I am interested to see what the discussion's going to be based on like the like the like white people telling stories of like marginalized communities, and that's right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely will be one of those movies that I think ends up being uh, discussed differently when it gets available to more audiences. But I, I do uh, see that point, too, in that, like, you know, sometimes it's, you know, if you have this ability to tell a story, sometimes you want to just tell an undertold story. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm very curious to check out uh, War Pony. I want to talk a little bit about some of the award winners, as uh, these are the movies that will be making their way over eventually that are uh, being discussed, uh, you know, being discussed in the uncertain regard. Uh, the worst ones was the big award winner, uh, and then I think it was Joyland that picked up the jury prize. Metronome picked up the best directing prize. Uh, well, where uh, for best performance, Vicky Kripes picked up an award for Corsage, and Adam Bessa picked up an award for Harka. Then Mediterranean uh, took home the screenplay award, and Rodeo took home the what is it the coup de coeur? Is that am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't I don't know French as coup well as Amanda does. Is it yeah. like C O? Uh, for the is it C O E U R? It's coup de co. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so coup de coeur. So uh, cut of heart, something coup de heart. Yeah, I nice, yeah nice. I didn't really. Pay I don't it. think. I saw a corsage out of those ones. I've heard really good things about Joyland, but I just didn't fit into my schedule. But I heard really good things about it. Um, and I agree with the performance award for Vicky for a corsage. That was just really, really good. It had nice. like Spencer meets Marie Antoinette vibes, kind of, but like not mm. as far into the like Sofia Coppola thing with like the modern stuff <laughs> thrown into a vintage, but just some stuff just didn't fit the timeline and then it is just really focusing on her the entire time like spencer so it was it was definitely interesting cool uh getting into the big prizes it was the jury prize was split between uh eo which is the donkey movie that people have been talking about polish donkey movie i'm curious about and the Boy. Eight Mountains, which is a movie that I think you responded pretty favorably to. I loved Eight Mountains so much. It's so weird. I didn't want to see the donkey movie, and then everybody said the donkey movie was good, so I got tickets to the donkey movie, and then it just got, it was like, that. it was supposed to be my last movie of the trip, and I was like, I can get a head start on a video deadline and then enjoy my like last day in France, or I can go watch the donkey movie that the everybody donkey says is movie. Really good. I didn't want to see. It. I don't know what it was about the donkey movie, and I looked for any justification not to see it. And I saw one person say it's like a donkey nomad land, and I didn't like nomad land, so I was like, I'm not going to see the donkey movie. So he works. He works at Prime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He works at Prime. That's that's why the deliveries at Prime have been so slow. The donkey delivery systems. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> and I'll catch it eventually. But I just didn't want to see the donkey movie. But I loved Eight Mountains. It's like long and it's kind of a slow burn, but it's just this like beautiful story of this like long lasting friendship and like the self discovery of like these two friends. And it's like you almost think, I don't want to spoil anything, I, I guess. It's just like, it's just this like beautiful bond between two people and like just this whole examination of how like some people in your lives will get to the point that even like your family, your friends, some of the closest mm. people, you'll, you might not ever understand each other in certain ways, but then they'll always leave, they basically carve this place out in your soul and in your heart. So no matter what you're doing, you're always like taking them with you and maybe eventually you kind of come back to, to know each other and then you kind of split off and come back and then there's just certain people in your lives that are they're going to be like that and it was just so beautiful like I immediately like ordered the book to have it delivered to my parents place so it would be hmm. waiting for me when I got back so I, I think it's kind of like a, a semi-memoir so it's like it, it is a novel but I think it's based on something that happened uh, in the author's life I could be wrong I have to double check that but I really enjoyed it I know not necessarily everybody liked it as much as I did but it is one of those ones I, I think I saw it the second day I was there so it was like the first full day of movies and it like I just like it the more 
I've sat with it and it's left an impression on me, even though it was like the third movie I saw. Damn, bro. One Very of the cool. directors, it, Felix, he did uh, Broken Circle Breakdown. Mm. I freaking oh, okay. love that movie. So I'm excited for this one. I have this one on my list. Damn. Yeah, I hope you enjoy it. I, I really liked yeah. it. Sounds good. Got to watch this, that one. Is there any other movie that you might compare this one to? Um, It's hard to say. I'm just trying to think of something because it's like they meet when they're kids and then they kind of like re-see each other a little bit as high schoolers. And then it's like years later that they don't hear from each other. And then like something I, happens. Is it? I know this is like the most uh, thematically probably different, but it almost gives me Moonlight vibes and just the structure. Yes, of it. I was going to say it's kind of like Moonlight um, in, in that structure and just kind of like how it's and then almost this is going to sound weird, maybe in some way, almost a little bit like The Great Gatsby and that you're following one character, but it's kind of his thought. So it's kind of like this outward projection of how he's thinking largely of this other person. And like, it, there are other characters that he focuses in on, but it's like largely how he's like thinking of this friend that he has. And whereas like hmm. Great Gatsby is kind of like, Nick is always talking about like Gatsby and, and like the, the progression that that character has gone through. So it kind of has a little bit of like that vibe. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I would say that's probably the closest thing. And it's just, it's also just beautiful. Like it's beautifully shot. The, the scenes are beautiful. Just like everything's taking place in like these beautiful environments, like, uh, in, in like the mountains and then just different places in the world. Uh, it just feels really like lived in and refreshing. And like, I just immediately wanted to be like, I want to go out into the fucking mountains and read a book and just drink, <laughs> drink some tea and then ignore everyone and it'll be great. It's just, it felt very, uh, yeah, just lived in, in that, but, but intimate at the same time. Sounds wonderful. Yeah. The best screenplay prize went to Boy From Heaven, which I know you didn't get to see, no, but basically every other award winner you did see. Uh, let's talk a little about the winner for best actor, which was uh, Song Kang-ho. Mm. Uh, of course, very memorable recently in Parasite, back here, teaming up with Koreata on the new movie Broker. Uh, tell us a little about the performance and then the movie Broker. It was a really good performance. Um, I'm actually shocked that it didn't go to one of the two guys from Eight Mountains. And I know a couple of people like agreed with mm. that. It was a really good performance. And I do think some of it comes down to just like, he's just so good at what he does. Like yeah. Kang Ho. And he can bring so much like nuance and little ways and just like little looks to his, his face. And he kind of had a very like kind of like complicated story uh, with that movie because uh, just like a basic thing, the idea of a broker, they're basically baby brokers. They work somewheres where kind of like a like a church orphanage type thing where people can leave the babies. But if somebody's left the baby and has a note that says, I'll come back for you, they can't legally be put into the adoption system. They have to stay in the orphanage because somebody might come back for them. Hmm. So they if they can intercept those babies before anyone else notices that they've shown up, they will sell the babies because they're like, nobody ever comes back for the babies. They always say they're going to come back so they don't have to feel guilty. So if, but they never leave a phone number. They never leave their name. They never leave any identifying thing. So they will sell the baby to a family that would actually want it. Um, so they will actually hmm. do the job vetting. They don't just like give it to whatever, but it does become kind of like a, a bidding situation where they're, they're selling babies to, to couples who for whatever reason can't, have them um hmm. so then there's like a lot going on there where there's like people trying to investigate this happening because it's human trafficking um mm -hmm. you know even if it's not to the extent that we always think of when we think of human trafficking because like they go on to most likely be raised in loving families better off than if they were in an orphanage but that's still what it is um and you have like a mother who's uh left a child who kind of becomes reintegrated into the situation uh, and it just kind of like follows them around and just kind of different attitudes towards like people who give up children for whatever reasons. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it was a really, really yeah. good story for sure. And, and his performance in that was, was really nice. Coriata is a filmmaker who I think sometimes is able to deal with these kind of like heavy ideas and very big concepts, but do it in a way that still kind of feels light and oftentimes mm has moments of humor was that the case for broker did it did it go by a little bit quickly or is this maybe a, a heavier film compared to some of the previous films he's done um i would say um 
it uh, it definitely had levity. They end up they have like a, a character kind of along with them for a lot of it, like a young boy um, who kind of adds some like comedic relief for like how serious like the the conversation is. And again, Song Kang Ho is just really good at bringing in different layers to performances that he brings. Um, I do think that maybe it is a little bit heavier than some of the others, but it, it breaks it up nicely so it doesn't just feel like you're constantly being hit with like waves of emotion like some of the other movies at the festival. So uh, I, I definitely would recommend it if you're you know, a fan of his other work or any of the actors in it. I, basically, this whole festival, if I saw anything was, being, was coming out of Korea, I was like, yes, absolutely. I will yeah. get in there. And for the most part, they weren't disappointing. Uh, yeah, we will get to the other Korean film in just a moment. But the other best performance winner came from the film Holy Spider mm. uh, and went to Zara Amir Ebrahimi. Uh, Ricky in the live stream asked about the Iranian film mm. about the serial killer because there was the big protest uh, memorably on on the uh, steps leading into the theater uh i don't know if you caught any of the protest i know you caught the movie so what what was your reaction to holy spider um i really enjoyed it i think it was a really interesting look into how someone absolutely should never been able to get to the level that they got to and it really just came to people politically not caring i think it got a little bit too graphic in areas um it's a serial killer movie. You do see him killing some of the women and it can get very graphic. Like you, just as a warning, it's it will literally show some people it like that he is choking life out of them and it does not cut away from their faces. It's, it's heavy. Um, I almost feel like it's to add some contrast to stuff that's happening later, but I think a strong argument could be made that it's unnecessary to show as much as it did. But I do think the story is a really important one to be told, but because of, morality reasons and religious reasons it seemed like this entire you know climate almost seemed like they just really didn't care about catching this person because to them maybe they were like taking care of stuff that you know either they didn't want in their society or just didn't care to look into really similar to how in like in america and canada in canada especially we have like thousands of missing yeah like thousands of missing indigenous women that no one looks into they just say oh they ran away but a lot of them are found dead and murdered and then it happened in the states every they're just starting to catch people in the states that were like long-haul trucker killers that they were just killing people as they were going to different places and no one cared because they were going after people who objectively weren't you know what they would consider contributing members of society Mm -hmm. just because of based on what they would do for like professions Mm -hmm. or their stature in life and like that's not how we should function as a society um, and it kind of has like a similar vibe in that, you know, that just because this per- who this person was targeting, um, they weren't working particularly hard to try to stop it from happening. Um, so I want to look more into the actual case because it is based on, on, a, on a real story. But uh, I think that there was a lot of notoriety around this person that uh, is unwarranted if you look into it. It's like if anybody had done the remote amount of anything, he, he would have been caught a lot sooner than he actually was. Um, but uh, her performance was, was amazing. The person, like, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name, but uh, she... Zara Mir Ibrahim. Yeah. Yeah, Ibrahim. Yeah, she, fantastic performance. There's a lot of, like, tension and, and fear. It is one of those ones that um, it's not, like, a mystery trying to figure out who it is. And I kind of like that, that uh, they went by that approach because it stops the person from becoming this like enigma as you're watching the mm-hmm. movie until they catch them. You're watching him kind of interact with his family and the people and as he's doing the things that he does. So it really pulls the veil off of that and makes him points him out as just like the fucking loser he actually is. And I always like it when, when movies about actual serial killers just really help don't glorify home. them. Like, they don't yeah. glorify them. It's just like, it, it, it shows how society might glorify them in certain ways. Um, at least that society for what that, not that, yeah, just what was going on in that particular situation, how like some people were like, oh, no, you're doing a good job for our community. So like, thank you for cleaning up our streets type thing. Uh, so it was, yeah, very, very interesting. But I do know that it, it's been pretty polarizing just based on what it shows. Um, mm. I personally thought it was a, it was a really good watch. It's just not something that some people are going to be able to handle based on how graphic it gets with some of those, with some of those scenes. 
Have you seen Border? The director had made a movie previously uh, called Border that's yeah. very interesting. I want to say it may be streaming on Hulu. Uh, yeah, it is. Give that one a watch because a lot of the... Yeah, a lot of what you're saying, the approach of this movie is, that movie takes a... It, that is an uncomfortable movie, and I think it is executed okay. very well. So okay. uh, I'm curious to see this one. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think, think Holy Spider might have been one of the top five most buzzed movies that I was hearing. It was uh, one of the, the ones was that was on. really hard to get tickets for. Like, they were getting snatched up go. really quickly, and I happened to just get a last second one one day mm. um which i was really thankful for i think maybe one of the bigger i don't know is border a true story because i think maybe one of the <laughs> no, 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 here, no, no, didn't no. think so <laughs> and i think that's probably one of the bigger issues here because you know when you're watching somebody really graphically dying on screen that is someone that someone knows I that is you. a real person yeah. who has has died um and it, you it just for some people that might just be seen as as glorifying and um and i know that it's probably just really to, sh- to drive home how like much hatred this person had uh, in his heart as he was doing this horrible mm-hmm. stuff in his mind in the name of God, but it was because he it was a fucking monster. Um, so I feel yeah. like that might be where some people get a little bit more iffy. With, just check uh, out. Yeah, where it's like, this is like a real situation, not just something that's created out of fiction. But um, totally. I did enjoy July 13th. It. I enjoy it. There you go. We'll see. We'll see how big of a release it gets. But <laughs> the summer yeah, movie. Definitely. <laughs> 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely curious about Holy Spider. Uh, as for Best Director, that award went to Park Chan-wook, the goat, for their, his latest film, Decision to Leave. Amanda, tell us a little about this one. I really like Decision to Leave. Um, so this festival was loaded with a bunch of different crime movies, some based on real stories, some just fictional, uh, and a lot of them were really disappointing. And then you hit this one that is kind of like a crime movie, but then also not at the same time. It really becomes about this dynamic between this detective and a woman who's involved in one of the cases that uh, he's investigating. Um, And the dynamic between the two and then just different layers of little things that happen and kind of throw you off course. And like every time you think you're oriented, something new will happen. Um, I don't even really know how to talk about it without spoiling it to any capacity but uh i i really enjoyed i really enjoyed it and i thought it was really well directed uh and it's definitely one i wanted to catch again just as like a just to throw it out there um cole over at the oscar expert he watched it twice he caught a ticket for it the Damn, next morning that so nice. he, All yeah, right. so he dropped one of his other movies to catch it again and i do think it's one of those ones that would benefit from like a second watching but it's not like uh you don't understand it if you don't see it the second time. It's just that it might drive home some of what's going on mm-hmm. a little bit more catching it that, that second time. Um, yeah. yeah. June 29th. I, I really it's it. supposed to be its release date. Nice. So Really? Looking Didn't forward realize to it. it was so, cl- so soon. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's what IMDb has it as. I, I believe uh, someone had brought up about how it also got picked up by a movie. I remember last year a movie just decided to buy Khan in general, but this yeah. time around. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I think they had picked up this one, so we'll see uh, what kind of a release it gets theatrically to then streaming. Definitely. All right. Uh, the Grand Prix prize was tied this year between two films. The first of them, directed by Lucas Daunt, Close, mm. I think was just picked up by A24 like yesterday or something oh, like that. Wow. So uh, A24 making a splash in the con market. Amanda, I think you said you did see this one. I did. Tears. So yeah. Just oh yeah. The, tears. Is this the most emotional that a movie made you at con? Yes, absolutely. It it, it already the description already makes it sound kind of sad. Uh, it's basically just again a movie really strong friendship between two younger boys they're 13 um and then just because of how close they are other teenage boys are or young boys are just shitty about it and try to be like oh i'm sorry are you, are you guys together are you gay are you gay are you little gays and then one of them kind of starts getting weird by it he's just kind of like doesn't want to deal with it and starts kind of pulling back so it already based on that description alone you're like well that's going to be sad um and mm-hmm. then it's even sadder um, so it's just tears, lots of tears, but holy shit, that kid is so good. Amir, Amir or something. It's his first mm-hmm. performance. Yeah. Duquen. Yeah. Duquen. Yeah. He was so 
so good. Um, I had to check to see if he had been in anything else, but apparently this is his per- first performance, and it really is focusing hmm. mostly on him the, the oh. entire movie. Uh, and he he really carried it compared to some of the other child actors that would have been in this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I personally wasn't really a fan of the kid in Armageddon time, um, but mm. I've heard people say different things. So okay, actually the kid's name I think the kid is actually Eden Dombrin. He's like he's not even okay. top build because he's that new that he doesn't even get the top billing. I think right. the director character in the movie is higher build. He plays like <laughs> that kid's older brother. The director's um, in the movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he plays Charlie, the older brother. I, if Interesting. If it's not, um, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure when they were showing pictures of him, yeah, I'm pretty sure he, unless he looks exactly like the guy who played the brother, uh-huh. I think they're this, I think it's, I could be wrong. I think it's the same guy, though. Um, he built himself <laughs> higher than his yeah. lead. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, I know this was, guy, uh, he had done he Girl. Did. Have you ever seen Girl? Yes. I remember that one opened at, at TIFF yeah. a couple years back. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought he did just a really, just the, the movie was like really good and very good, interesting look at like just how young people process things differently and how like society mm-hmm. might like ask them to, to process different things and um, like guilt that you might feel and, and how that kind of affects you going forward and just lots of layers of things going on and it was uh yeah it's definitely it's a tearjerker for sure but i really mm-hmm. enjoyed it looking forward yeah, to that one th- that movie sounds like one that'll definitely hit me yeah. um and then they it split the grand prix prize with stars at noon uh can you tell us a little about the claire denis film which i think I saw got some extremely split reactions. It definitely did. Uh, I would say this one had the people next to me every once in a while, something would happen. They would just be like, like they're just so mad. They're so mad at things that are happening. Um, Margaret Qualley's performance in this was really good. She was really standout. Um, but it's, it's almost like they were like, okay, so you're like the character actress, but we are going to focus on you. So instead of you being the side do you know, okay, this is like a slight exaggeration, but you know in, um, oh my God, I'm totally blanking on the name right now. The movie, the, oh my God, super bad, but girls, but it's not really that. Booksmart. Uh, Booksmart. Smart. You know <laughs> um, Billy Fisher's character, the yeah. weird girl? This mm-hmm. is like an entire movie focused on that kind of character a little <laughs> bit. Not quite, okay. but kind of. Um, so she's, an eccentric yeah very eccentric she says she's there as a journalist but she's really she's hasn't written an article in a while and she's basically just doing sex work which is totally fine but she's just doing sex work to kind of stay there for whatever reason she really doesn't want to be in america so she's just floating around and she ends up involved with taylor swift's fiance um who is joe a, alwyn yes who it was originally supposed to be robert pattinson and i did not know that he got recast basically i just looked up all these movies i was so i was making my schedule <laughs> he was top listed and it's just because they never edited out the people who were removed from the project the same thing happened <laughs> with another movie i thought oscar isaac was in armageddon time and i just kept waiting for him to show up but he got replaced by jeremy irons but <laughs> So I'm like, at least I knew by now that Robert Pattinson wasn't going to be in this movie. Are they writing these cast summaries off of, like, variety reports? No, like, what well, are they doing? that's the thing. Khan barely gave any information on any of the movies until, like, the last minute. So I was just Googling everything. So it was whatever I could find on, on Google. Um, and the, so Google just had the whoever had ever been associated with the casting. But so she <laughs> ends up, you know, kind of in this thing with a guy who apparently works for an oil company but there's a lot of corruption going on. There's like a potential government switchover. And it's kind of this whole idea is that like the U.S. is probably trying to influence who's in power here. And she kind of unintentionally gets pulled into all this. But it never fully focuses on all those things. And like Benny Safdie shows up at some point. I saw that. Just... Benny Safdie showing up and everything. Galaxy's far away. <laughs> no, Con, right? Like, damn, bro. Yeah, you just... Better you show just... up in a director's chair sometime soon. Exactly. Like, come on. You just see those eyelashes <laughs> and you're like, that's a Safdie, right? That's <laughs> Benny Safdie right there. Um, but uh, it, it was really interesting. I didn't hate it, but then every once in a while something would happen that I would just be like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> so it's like very interesting to see who likes it and who hates it. Like I was Sounds shocked. like a Claire Denis movie. 
Yeah, like, I think it was, um, I think Ehrlich really liked it, and I was surprised by that for some reason. I always, I'm just, oh, yeah, he gave it, like, well, I guess three and a half stars. Oh, it's very interesting. Apparently, I am one of the top popular reviews for the movie, and it's not <laughs> serious. I'm just, it's just perhaps I see why Robert Pattinson left other than scheduling, but. Um, <laughs> so everyone just left this movie, then? Yeah, pretty much. It was like this was this is what she won for, where she gave the speech for like forty minutes and then just walked out with the trophy. Yeah, did you hear about that? Because no. it was supposedly tied, and then she left no time for the runner-up to to discuss. Did she actually not? To like say, um, she left with the trophy, so he didn't get to take a picture with the trophy. That's so rude. Because his movie was. Really <laughs> this uh, moment, it's pretty this funny had though. Potential. It just got. It was really intense. I, I could definitely tell that it feels like the relationship between the two builds way too fast. It's like from nothing to suddenly like, I love you. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, this is a spoiler, but at one point he says the words, suck me. And I feel like anybody who tries, I'm sorry, American Pie addressed this in 1999. You cannot unironically tell somebody, you know, <laughs> suck me because like it, literally you should have stickers should break open the door every fucking time someone says that in the movie and just yells suck me beautiful like, you fucking loser and then just leaves um so claire denis yeah claire denis clearly not familiar with the work of sean william scott she was doing That's the rewatch what I'm, saying. I'm just like guys this is movie culture you're just supposed to be more cultured um, it's an interesting one. I think that's a very divisive movie. I think some people are going to like really like it or they're going to be totally mm-hmm. good with like the performance or that performance is going to drive so much. And then you're going to have people like this Jasper Cedarblom who said me when I bash my head in with a rock. So <laughs> that's the level we're, we're, we're working with here. Yeah. So. I mean, Khan is always good for at least one or two of these extremely divisive movies. So good to see they've kept the tradition alive and well in giving them one of the biggest awards at the festival. <laughs> yeah, uh, but not the biggest award at the festival because the, the Palme d'Or went to Triangle of Sadness. It is the second time that Ruben Ostlund won a Palme d'Or. Uh, the first time being for not force majeure, but the square. So maybe a little bit of a variance in terms of what this movie's quality in the end might be. They like uh, yeah, yeah, very geometric in yeah. terms of uh, his output. Amanda, what were your thoughts on Triangle of Sadness? I really liked it. I, I, it's broken Good. into like three acts, and I think one of the acts overstays its welcome because I was like, okay, well, this surely this must be the conclusion. Like, it must be building into it. And then there's just an entire other section. And that section is very good. I just think, so I, I think the movie as a whole could probably be condensed in areas. I did really enjoy it, though. It's, uh, it's very funny. Uh, it's much like he's good at it. It's very good at kind of playing with social classes and social norms. Like it starts off with this whole whole argument between like a couple and who should get the check and like he just can't let it go. And then eventually like after like 20 minutes, she's just finally like, yes, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was, mani- yes, of course I was manipulating the situation. Mm, some it's force like, majeure vibes here. Yeah, there exactly. we go. Now you know, we're talking. Like, yeah. And then it gets into the, like how they're kind of like the small fish with all these like bigger characters on like a yacht. And, uh, then it gets into like, the, it's sort of, you know, jumping around the different social classes things and like what you have to offer and like how certain order breaks down in certain situations. And as much as you want to try to hold on to like, well, this is the hierarchy as it's supposed to work. If the situation mm-hmm. changes, the hierarchy changes too. Um, and how, somebody might fight really hard to kind of keep that change. Uh, I really liked it. I thought, I thought it was uh, really good. And I know a uh, cool Oscar expert also uh, really enjoyed it. I think it was, uh, if not his favorite, one of his favorites of the, of the, fe- at least the main section. Cause there's a lot of like smaller festivals going on at the same time at con, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's definitely, it's worth the watch. Uh, and it was, uh, it definitely added some levity to like a lot of like kind of serious or like slower movies. Um, so it was good. Yeah. I don't know if you've had a chance to see either Force Majeure or The Force. Square. Uh, I don't, would you compare it to that in terms of like, is it is it on that level? Because I feel like Force Majeure has become one of the recent iconic discomfort comedies, you yeah. know? In terms of discomfort, I say definitely yes. Um, I don't necessarily think 
I don't think it's as tight as, as force majeure. I like that's just a lot more dialed in. And I feel like everything's working really well together in that movie. Whereas this probably could have used a couple passes to just kind of like trim some fat and really kind of like uh, steamline it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's definitely on par with like how it's making you like feel uncomfortable in different situations and uh, really, yeah, really smart, but still easy to follow on how it's like kind of playing with the different like roles that people play in things. Uh, but but mm-hmm. yeah, like uncomfortable comedy is definitely, definitely That's where, his forte. Where it fits. Yeah, there was a couple of those. Cool. There's another one called Sick of Myself that was very Oh, uh, we actually got a... I got a question about whether or not you saw Sick of Myself and what you thought of it. I enjoyed it. I think it needed one last thing to really close it out at the end. It kind of meanders off, and I really just think it needed to to be where, like, the character does something so fucking unforgivable and horrible at the end. But it really is. It's like, you know, this character is, like, the worst person in the world, and then the relationship she is in is kind of, like, the worst relationship in the world and it just kind of gets it's just this huge play for attention between two people and like how far they're willing to go for it and just like the self-obsession and just it's it's so intense and it is really funny i know some people thought it got a little bit annoying with how far it went but uh, i know that apparently the actors asked if they could try to make their characters more sympathetic and the director was like (laughs) absolutely not and i'm glad that he he did that because that's clearly not what they're going for, but it's uh, definitely, definitely worth, worth the watch. Awesome. Yeah. I think we all know some people that are like that to an extent. And like, I think everybody likes attention to an extent, but we all have like those friends or people we've encountered, like the one uppers, like no matter what you're doing, somebody has to like, it's gotta be that one up. It's always gotta be. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of like, this is like the extreme buildup of that, but then also like a couple fighting within themselves to also (laughs) one up one another. Very cool. I'm yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, so, were you were you satisfied with Triangle of Sadness ultimately being the Grand Prix or the uh, Palme d'Or winner? Was there another movie that you had your fingers crossed was going to take home the big prize? Um, I thought I saw a lot of people saying it was going to be EO, and I'm kind of glad it wasn't because now I don't feel as guilty about <laughs> not seeing it. But uh, I, I would have liked it to go to Eight Mountains, but I can understand why it didn't. I think Triangle of Sadness makes sense, and I, I was definitely happy with that one. I think it just kind of touches on like a lot of different levels of things where I can see where it would appeal to, to, different, to different classes of people. It's also just not necessarily for everyone, which I, I think you know, tends to work into the palm dot a little bit. I don't think it's like... Because, like, Parasite won it two years ago, right? Parasite won Palm d'Or two years ago. So I don't think it has... Or yep. three years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Because there wasn't one 2019? in 2019. There wasn't I'm bad one with dates. 2019, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right, you're so right. So it would have been, yeah, the one of 2019. Um, I think it's definitely not as divisive as something like Titan, which took it last year. Uh, but it's, I don't think it's going to have that, like, world-building power that Parasite has. Like, I don't think it's going to hit right. that level of, like cultural phenomenon but uh i think it's a i think it's a good pick out of out of the, all the ones i saw at least which was most of them in that category actually so yeah very cool yeah, i liked it uh let's get to one last question before we wrap up our con coverage uh noki wanted to ask if you got another opportunity to attend the con film festival would you do anything differently Ooh, um it's hard to say i think Con was so weird because the location is so nice that it is constantly calling you to want to do other things at the same time. So you're almost hoping that movies are going to be bad so you can just like go swimming in the ocean, go get good, go try food or like see people or like go to one of the events that's happening like at night and stuff. And usually at film festivals, like we really just don't go to any of like the after parties. We don't go to any of like that those meet and greet things we just prioritize seeing like movies from like 8 30 in the morning until like 2 a.m basically and that's what we yeah. do um so i honestly think that this kind of environment really lends itself to trying to do more of those like networking events or like meeting different people so i did a little bit of that um i don't think i'd necessarily do anything different though like maybe i'd force myself to get up to for some early morning showings because every once in a while i'd wake up to 
get my tickets for the next four days and be like, I have to try to sleep for another hour and then get up and go watch a movie. So I'd be like, can I see that movie at a different day? Yep. Okay. Canceling this ticket and moving it to a different day. Um, so maybe I would work a little bit harder at actually getting up, but they make it really hard. Like the way that it works, normally film festivals, you book all your tickets ahead and then you can kind of move things around as the festival's happening. For this, you had to book your tickets four days in advance. So like on the 14th, Mm. I was booking for the 18th, but in Canadian time, so I was setting alarms for the middle of the night to like get up and book tickets. And then when you're there, it's 7 a.m. So if you saw a movie that ended at like 1.30 and then if somebody pulled you to some kind of like director's Fortnite event, until like three and then you're up like four hours later trying to get tickets like the last thing you want to do is get out of bed to go watch a movie when you know you're watching movies again until like 1 30 at, at night yeah and it is hard to find coffee there like oddly enough hmm. really there, there, there's a lot of coffee so arts out yeah in, <laughs> gone going in you'd probably be fine in the palais it, they had like nespresso machines which were like really fine and good so if you were pressed you had access to these things but you couldn't like bring them into the showings. You could bring water, but you couldn't bring coffee. That's in so with you. dumb. Um, you could probably sneak coffee in. They weren't like checking. Yeah, put the coffee in the water, water bottle. Trust me. Stuff. Yeah, yeah they're not going to check. But like, it's so warm there that the last thing I want to do after walking just like seven minutes from like where my Airbnb was to the Palais is drink hot coffee. And finding iced coffee was really hard. There was like one stand on the way that was like pretty decent, but I didn't have anything mm-hmm. that was wasn't see-through to like put it in to go to the screening so it was like this whole ordeal getting coffee and it shouldn't be it's probably like there was like it should not i'm just so used to here where it's like in canada there was like a tim hortons every two minutes and then there's i was like about a to say dude yeah i want to bring up minutes. the timmy's but <laughs> so what i mean yeah you got, you got timmy's every two minutes you got starbucks every like five minutes like you can't turn a corner without finding some kind of fast coffee place here it's like cafes and it's very much like come in sit down blah, blah, blah. It's really not, except for the, like a lot of those stands on the side of the road, not a lot mm-hmm. of it is just geared for speed. Um, and I just mm. didn't anticipate that. Um, like the fastest place to get food was like a McDonald's where you would just order outside and, and like wait for it. And I'm sorry, guys, every overseas McDonald's I've ever had, <laughs> disgusting. The only <laughs> upside is that they had curry <laughs> dipping sauce for the nuggets. But like Ooh. McDonald's is not good in Europe. You guys don't know what you're missing. Even to my, like, Canada standards, which isn't the same as America either, is still better than... <laughs> just saying. Yeah, hey, you just, just team saying. Canada, bro. I don't know. We got a biased <laughs> opinion No, here. I'm sorry. They're not good. And their fries were... Maybe I just got bad fries one day, but I got fries. They weren't salted, and they didn't feel like they were fully cooked. I was like, this is not good. Subway was good, though. They had good Subway. The Canada Mickey D's, they got poutine on the menu? Yeah. See, I can't trust the opinion. You're dealing with a completely different menu. I've never got it, though. <laughs> different menu. I've never menu. got it, though. Otherwise, it's the same menu. <sighs> what you go to? What you go to? go to? Nuggets. I just like, I like nuggets. I like a six-pack nuggets. I like some fries. So the nuggets aren't even really the same. Like, no. I feel like that's the thing that should translate the easiest. Yeah, no. Well, because you all have nicer chickens over there. That's why. Everybody, everybody else. Yeah, is. like, oddly, okay, so I think flavor-wise, our nuggets are the same as your nuggets. But depending on where you go, I find it, like... Some places just don't fry them as long compared to the two places. We've gotten better, but for a while, like where I live, they were not frying them long enough. You want like a crispy nugget. So like yeah. crisp factor is good overseas. Good crisp factor. It's the chicken <laughs> flavor. There's also like no, mm. there was like one place that had like a roast chicken option. Otherwise, most of the menus had like no chicken. It was a lot of like um, seafood, which makes sense because it's like right on the ocean and then like steak and tartars and stuff. But like you couldn't go and get like a chicken breast meal at most of the places that I was looking at. It was very weird. Um, but yeah, so weird things with food. I would say food, it was probably yeah. like the weirder thing dealing over Moral there. of the story is to, to never visit Europe. Uh, just, just why would eat, you? If you want to eat, go with money <laughs> to go to the expensive places. Um, or the dirt cheap places, because it was either like your Subways had the most flavor and a lot of like, if you like Indian food, the Indian restaurants I tried were good or like the really expensive Decent. stuff. Anything that was just a little bit too much money wasn't really worth it. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep again. that in mind. Sorry, oh, we'll keep that in mind for our uh, McDonald's. What's your sauce? What's your go-to sauce? The- it's the information uh, that people need to know. Yeah, I know. I actually, I don't even, I'm not even huge on the sauces here. If we, we need to get curry sauce. That curry sauce in McDonald's in, in France was so fucking good. So good. For curry sure. Sauce. I don't think we had curry uh, sauce, bro. I think we're liking on our sauces over here. They'll have like one good one and then just. 
that's what I mean. It's not it's not great. So I'm usually fine. Just that's what I mean. We have so much. The, the nuggets here have just so much rich flavor that you don't even necessarily need a dipping sauce. You don't <laughs> want one. I'm gonna have to move to Canada just for the just for the Mickey D's. <laughs> just for the Mickey D's, man. Um, all right. But overall, kind of was pretty good, right? I know we had yeah. a question of someone asking. Uh, next time you go, next year, you're you're prepping to go. What's the advice you would give people, or the advice you'd give yourself in terms of what to do differently? Yeah, some people Besides are McDonald's. wondering whether. What, like, how can you even attend con? con. Which, like, yeah, yeah you can. I, I, like, you have to apply, I think, yeah. for press. I don't know how many tickets are just, like, regularly so available, you know? It is the You have to pay to apply. I don't know if it's different yeah. for, like, the three days at con or, like, the cinephile thing. But it's really weird. There's, like, a cinema lovers one, but it only gives you access to certain theaters. And some of those screenings are not subtitled in English. So if you are English language, you could sit down for a th- in a theater for a showing that is not going to be translated. So you got to watch out for that. Um, then there's the three-day at con, which I think is the easiest for most people to get into. And it's like the three last days of the festival where you're going to get a lot of things from like the main event replaying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what a lot of people, like that's what Karsten went on a couple of years ago. That's what YMS went on back in 2019. Um, so that's a really good way to go. And it's not as much of a financial sink because you're only there for like a portion of the festival um Mm -hmm. otherwise though if you i don't know what their metrics are but like me and cole oscar expert for example had like the same badge level and uh we kind of do very different things on our channels and are very different kind of like sizes and focuses and stuff um but it just kind of seems like they just take into account general coverage of what you've done before i definitely think it's like other film festivals if you've been to sundance if you've been to tiff if you've been to other things you will be prioritized more in these ones. They're more likely to to accept you, but you can't just like pay to go to con. You can't buy tickets. You can't just show up like every other film festival. Um, you're really locked out in that way. Uh, you either got to be like really high up in some kind of um, like administrative side of thing, like a producer mm-hmm. or a director or just a publicist anything like that so you're on one side or your press which is like another side or like an actor or probably sadly rich people with friends um yeah also get into a lot of this stuff but it is definitely too far from sunday closed (laughs) off film festival i've ever been to yeah exactly it's the most closed off film festival i've been to but if you do stuff online it's worth trying um i would say going forward try to get into some of these other ones like if you have the ability to go to tiff try to get into tiff try to get into sundance I really do think Sundance is kind of like a bit of a gateway to get into other ones. If you've gotten into Sundance, I think it other is. film festivals take it Sundance as like Sundance and Tiff, a, for sure. Yeah, Sundance mm-hmm. and Tiff, I think, yeah. are, are really good ones. So if you can try to get into them. I mean, the list. Especially yeah. if you're taking like a cross-Atlantic a cross flight to attend Khan. Like there's just no real cheap option. No. Uh, it, it's like a, it's an investment, which, it costs you know. Me if, if, fuck ton. <laughs> like, yeah, I just justified like, it as half a vacation, half of a work trip. Right. Like, if you can can justify it, then you get to go to an extremely too, beautiful yeah. place to see extremely cool movies. But yeah. you have to be prepared Obviously, to plunk down some yeah, cash. I think, even if you're in a position where you're doing press or something like that. It's expensive as fuck. Lodging yeah. even more so than Sundance and Tiff? Oh my god, yes. Tiff is dirt cheap compared to this. Um, <laughs> I splurged. Ugh. I splurged because I wanted a really nice view and just like a good setup that felt safe in a place that was in a really good walking distance. Like I didn't want to be fucking around with like public transit in France. I didn't For want sure. to be like trying to get Ubers everywhere. You saw Taken, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it, you know? I didn't want to mess with any of that. Um, but it was still a little bit less than the hotels that they were advertising and like the hotels were like for the full trip. It's pretty expensive. To be fair, I was there for the entire time. I was there from like the 17th until the 29th. Right. That's almost two straight weeks. So probably not that unreasonable what I ended up paying. But you're, there are ways to make it cheaper. You can be slightly outside the city to bring down costs and then take a bus down. Or if you're willing to walk like 20 to 30 minutes, uh, that's totally fine too. My only advice is don't bring jeans. Do not bring jeans. <laughs> bring shorts. Don't need Bring em. light pants. Bring like just any don't don't i didn't use i had to buy three new pairs of pants while i was there and i wore my jeans once and almost died uh <laughs> so just like just that's uh, my heads up unless for whatever reason I, it's a really cold year don't bring jeans yeah i'll keep that in mind i, I default to jeans quite a bit so Same. i need light lighter outerwear yes absolutely i didn't have to wear a jacket one time 
I was in a t-shirt mm. or a tank top the entire time, even at night, even at like three o'clock in the morning, it was warm. Yeah. So. And I know you have the ability to get by on, on your French, but it, I feel like most places, you know, you could, if you're an English speaker, they, they figure it out. They accommodate for you, yeah, right? Yeah, especially this time of year. I feel like it kind of turns into like, okay, we have at least one person who can speak French or get by in French in rotation. Um, a lot of the places have like their menus displayed outside so that you can just walk by and look at their menus. And a lot of those menus have like the French first, but then English underneath. So those places you can usually be pretty sure that they'll understand you or you then have the benefit that you see what it is and you can just point. You can be like, uh, I want this. Um, but there's usually always someone who can, who can explain. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. So I, I don't think it's too bad. And I, I think also if you're like, willing to um show that you're trying so like if you're if you look up words right. and you're trying to say them and stuff like that they're kind of more like oh that's adorable thank you you know they're, they, <laughs> they appreciate you for trying um, but i think especially around con time they are prepared for people of all different languages from all around the world so yeah it wasn't totally yeah, it wasn't too bad didn't really run into any issues there all right. So, I mean, we had so much to discuss with you about Khan and so much we wanted to find out uh, that we might just split this up and not get into the weekend must watch during this live stream. Uh, so, so we'll not nah, I mean, was, uh, was lots of stuff to add to the watch list. So uh, thank you, Amanda, for, for taking us through your experience at Khan. We're going to wrap up this live stream and be back in a little bit with the thoughts on men, uh, or on uh, Top Gun Maverick, on Good Morning, the on Obi Wan Kenobi, Maverick. yeah, the on the men, men in Top Star Gun Wars. Maverick, exactly. <laughs> We're still going to talk about men. Uh, so yeah, thank, thanks for joining us. I'm also going to just do my best to exit out of this live stream thing because who knows what's going on with Ecam Live right now. Uh, we'll be back in just a bit. <laughs> Amanda was muted the whole time. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs>